0: One of the things we always talk about and I know this is like a general thing to say now is that the cannabis industry moves in like dog years but we also say is that but with cat lives because how many companies over time have gone on the verge of insolvency can't make that next payroll what are they going to do making it through that and growing even stronger on the backside
1: from mj bulls media it's the raising cannabis capital show Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are continuing this month's Cannabis Investor Spotlight Series with Morgan Paxia from Poseidon Asset Management. Morgan, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I'm really happy to have you because, uh, as I found out, we're both from Buffalo, New York. Go Bills! (laughs) (laughs) This is the year. This is the year. Watch out. Poseidon is a great story. Mm -hmm. You and your sister formed... Your first fund back in 2013. I mean, this is before anybody was doing it. And that fund has gone on to be the longest-running dedicated cannabis fund with over $105 million in assets. Very mm-hmm. cool. Congratulations. That is really cool. Thank
0: you. Yeah, it was pretty amazing starting out back
1: then. Well, times are so much different today than they were back in 2013, especially when you're coming from where we grew up in upstate New York. It's pretty conservative. People must have thought yep. you were nuts. You and your sister both had very successful careers, and then you're just going to leave it to go chase this idea. What inspired you to keep it going in the beginning? Because I'm sure it was probably really challenging the first few years.
0: It was, yes. Being you know an OG fund in the space... <laughs> A lot of mountains to climb. You know, we really had to pave the road, even just the simplest thing of service providers. So when we set up Poseidon, we said, let's be institutional in our approach. Let's make sure that we have all of the foundation that investors would want to see from being audited, having third-party fund administration, having a legal team. And just trying to find those kind of groups to work with us was very hard. But we intentionally located ourselves here in San Francisco. We felt, especially back then, most of the industry's creation and movement was happening on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And that was a good call, one, doing it that way, because we did find a great legal team that was really willing to underwrite a PPM, the initial offering kind of documentation, structuring. For a hedge fund, which is what our first vehicle was structured as, mm-hmm. to make sure they put on all the, the risk disclosures. At that time, it was actually hard to find lawyers that would be willing to do those risk disclosures. So, even that simplest yeah. starting point was really hard to do. Finding bank accounts, I mean, we've lost countless bank accounts over the years because of our work in this space. To your question about what kept us going, we were certainly tested many times over the years. And, you know, all of our information is publicly available. You can search our previous ADV filings, our form Ds, you know, all this information's yeah. out there. So you could see just in the early years how small we were. And so obviously it was not any way to live. We were living off of our savings and just kept building, believing that the industry would become significant. You know, at that time it was it was funny. You couldn't talk about it as an industry. You couldn't talk about it as a sector. It was a passion. <laughs> and it was a movement. We basically talk about the opening of Colorado. January first of 2014 was the start of the investable cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it was an industry for a very long time before that, largely an underground, illicit market kind of activity, or very gray and really hard to actually be investors. You know, back then there was not too many companies that were jumping up and down looking to become. Fully transparent in the market and exposing themselves. You know, in the early days, you were actually the opposite. Your lawyers were telling you to um, keep to your do head just down. The opposite, to yeah, keep your head down and keep yourself out of trouble. You know, it was really interesting in those early days. We just built it brick by brick, one by one, finding good companies, finding investors, and
1: yeah, that's where oh, I was going to go to next. With like, I know how few opportunities there were for investment back then. But when I look at your investments, especially your early investments, I'm like. Wow, these guys nailed it. So many of your companies are just uber successful now. Why do you think so many of your portfolio companies have been so successful?
0: Emily and I come from a background of entrepreneurs. I mean, unfortunately, we lost our parents when we were very young, but they were entrepreneurs. I think they instilled in us a lot of that kind of characteristics. We wanted to find entrepreneurs that we felt aligned with. We were all kind of in the trenches together. It was a little bit of just trying to find you know, like-minded or similarly driven people that knew it was going to be a tough environment. Yeah. And so I think that's really what has been a, a big help for us is that gut of looking at who these folks are. Because, I mean, one of the things we always talk about, and I know this is like a general thing to say now, is that the canvas industry moves in like dog years. But we also say is that, but with cat lives. Because, how many companies over time have gone on the verge of insolvency, can't make that next payroll? What are they going to do? Making it through that and growing even stronger on the backside. And we're going through one of those right now. I mean, holy cow, this is one of the hardest capital crunches this industry's faced. This fake hysteria that is completely being blamed on us for so much that has nothing to do with the regulated market is impacting our industry at a time when there was this whole capital refresh cycle. So it's been a really big capital crunch. so there's a lot of entrepreneurs that were riding on hot air and are finding that the earth is pretty far underneath their feet.
1: Well, and that's pretty common, especially in new industries where there's a series of corrections. Your point, you sort of put your chips on the quality entrepreneurs and people that had similar visions or similar approaches to running companies as opposed to ideas or really rosy pro formas. I was going to ask you if you had any suggestions for some aspiring cannabis entrepreneurs who soon will be raising capital and maybe even in this difficult market. What are some things that they can do now? So that when they eventually make that phone call to you, they're an attractive investment.
0: So what we just look for is, is a well-prepared team. When they're showing up, they have a data room put together. There's plenty of resources online for what data rooms should look like. Cooley is a you know very well-known law firm. They have a ton of free resources on their website. NVCA, National Venture Capital Association bunch of great resources there so we like when entrepreneurs that have done the work to understand what it takes to at least get that information together and, and to your point about the pro formas i mean we've seen so many decks over the years it's kind of nice to see that we're finally moving away from the everyone's going to be doing a billion in revenue in five years because of the pro forma growth rates you spit into these models and that's what it kicks out And but it's not realistic so we like to see groups that can be stress tested and are more based in reality we don't want to be overly conservative we don't want to kind of give that notion because we do like people to have a dream you do have to have a reach and have goals and aspirations but then just tying it to some fundamental as well
1: the dream needs to be rooted in some sort of reality you had fund one and now you've opened your second fund and maybe you can tell us a little bit about the second fund and what you're doing with that fund
0: The second fund is a venture fund, it's a fixed life fund, it's a fixed capital raise, capital deployment, and returning capital, just going much more of a traditional structure. I feel the industry has matured a bit, so we can be more normalized in our fund structure as well, and and being more growth focused. So later stage, Series A and beyond, is kind of our general sweet spot for our check sizes, because we're looking in three to seven million kind of investments. Okay, But we are opportunistic still about how we invest, So we like to still be more diversified in number of positions and across the industry and geographically. Earlier this summer, we did our first investment in Mexico. And it's really interesting as we're going through that process. Once again, as we're talking about the beginning, like stigma, I mean, there is a lot of stigma around Mexico and we just feel that people are really misunderstanding and they're just painting a brush of kind of thinking backwards and investing. You have to be thinking forwards. And there's some really significant changes happening down there the vote to federally legalize cannabis in Mexico. The United States will now be sandwiched between two federally legal countries. For just a quick fun fact on Mexico, is it's four to five times the size of Canada. You know, you felt like you missed out on the Canadian trade because that is definitely over. Mexico is going to be a whole new opportunity set that's even bigger. a country that is very focused on trying to eliminate its illicit market. They don't want to be a society that has continued to be pigeonholed as a cartel-based economy. They want to be a legitimate economy that's safer for their citizens. It's really cool to see this happening globally.
1: I think it's really interesting. If somebody wants to have you manage their cannabis investment portfolio, what are some of the qualifications that they need before they can invest in the fund?
0: So we're able to, to accept accredited investors or higher We're about two-thirds of the way done raising the second fund, and so certainly looking to uh, continue building our, our network with great people. You know, we feel very fortunate of our investor base. Amazing, super successful, very intelligent people. I think they're gravitated to Poseidon because we do take a very thoughtful approach to how we invest and how we position ourselves in the industry and trying to build an industry and structuring investments that help companies grow. We're not trying to limit them for our own benefit. We're trying to help elevate them. You know, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is build a long-term, transparent, legitimate industry that could be tens of billions of dollars to hundreds of billions of dollars globally. We're not going to get there by constraining companies for short-term profits. These are for sure. building a long-term game. Well,
1: I think that's good. Well, we've been speaking with Morgan from Poseidon Asset Management, and we will have all of his contact information on the MJ Bulls website. Morgan, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show.
0: Yes, thank you for having me, and uh, let's see how far the Bills will make it this season.
1: <laughs> oh, no, they break my heart every, uh, every they year.
0: They know how to do that well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's show.